Today, I'm here with Amrit Singh. He is the perfect guest to be on the show today because he has been studying Kundalini Yoga for over 30 years. His extensive knowledge on meditation, habit development, and spirituality has allowed him to become a high-momentum life coach for over 25 years, helping people create the freedom they desire while doing what they love. I mean, you just sound like the perfect mentor to have. Thank you for the introduction. So happy to be here. Of course, I'm so happy you are here. And so we're going to talk about Kundalini Yoga today. And I heard it is the most dangerous type of yoga. So can you explain for us, is there a main goal people aim to achieve with this practice? What is the appeal? Yes, people who who really find out about it are attracted by the name. And they're attracted by having Kundalini in the name. And then they hear, oh, my God, most dangerous practice days. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> it's a certain type of people it, <laughs> it attracts. But then you very quickly realize the way we teach it in, in the Kundalini Yoga I practice, which is as taught by Yogi Bhajan, is it's a very safe and contained way and really the way which makes it safe is that all the kriyas are pre-given so there's a very um, almost fanatic way of sticking to the order sticking to the times on the different exercises and so when you do it in this way it creates a very powerful effect in you but at the same time it also doesn't blow out your fuses so mm -hmm. it makes it safe interesting so for the people who don't know what kundalini means. Can you explain that for us? Yeah. Kundalini is, is really a word we're using for a human ability we all have. We have this ability of experiencing a rise of energy through our body, and we call it through the chakras, from the bottom of the spine up to the top of the head. Mm -hmm. And this is such a profound and powerful experience that people have been writing about it for thousands of years in different cultures, in different ways, through plant medicine, through yoga, through meditation, through super powerful life-changing events, which required people to have super strength, you know, like thinking of the mom who lifted off the car because she saw her baby lying under it. That's, those are all Kundalini experiences, and we just gave it a name. So the name for that is Kundalini. So is it like activating some sort of superpower or something like that? Like, you know, if you gain like super strength or um, things like that? The superpower is already there because for us as humans, we do have access to all these superpowers. We just kind of forgot to access them. Mm -hmm. And then... Again, that's why people in today's time in the last 10, 20 years are so open to plant medicine because that's a really quick and easy way to connect to that aspect of yourself and be like, oh, okay, now I know I can do all these things. And then you come back to your normal state and you're like, can I really do all these yeah. things? <laughs> you know, and then again, our doubt comes in and we are like questioning our own experiences. Mm -hmm. So what Kundalini Yoga does is similar but different 
So what we do is we stimulate the chakras in a certain way, which leads that energy to rise up to the top of your head, secrete in your pineal gland and secrete the same ingredients, right? DMT, all those other things just get, come out, out of mm. your pineal gland. And then you have the same experience without having to take the path through the medicine. Big advantage of taking this path is it's a little bit more sustainable because oh. after you have mastered this, you can do this whenever and however and through your own practice. You don't need the substance from the outside, which then creates that dependency because you don't have the substance, you can't do it, right? So this right. is the, this interesting thing. And then this is what, what interested me a lot in Kundalini Yoga, where I said like, okay, I want to learn how to create these pathways and stimulate these pathways through my own input. Mm -hmm. Wow. I love that. So I've dabbled in breath work and I've noticed that it can give you that sense of high when you hold your breath in, it releases that DMT. Is it like that kind of feeling when you're just very peaceful and calm and yeah, all your yeah that, that's the beginning. Exactly. So those are the first steps. And so the cool thing about Kundalini Yoga is that it it will not, I mean, in the way I practice it. So I always want to say Kundalini Yoga, as taught by Yogi Bhajan, is very safely designed in such a way where we really focus on strengthening the pathways, right? So it's a little bit like when you have a, a two-line highway, but you have traffic for six lanes on there and everybody's just stuck, and then you're forcing energy through that too narrow space, it can turn into like an, a burnout experience. But mm -hmm. if, if you start building out that highway and you build it out to three lanes and you build out to four lanes, you build out to six lanes, and now suddenly you have a deep, powerful release experience, it can flow and it doesn't burn you out. And so this is really, for me, the, the number one recommendation to practice yoga and to do these things, because it allows you to prepare yourself for when it happens. And it's much more sustainable then, and you can hold it much easier, and you can really experience it in a deep way. Mm -hmm. So you're saying that it's better to gradually work up to this um, kundalini awakening. Is there ever instances where it just happens out of nowhere? Like you're just doing oh, yeah. the practice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. It happens. All, I mean, this happens to people in, I mean, today's time where people are in the middle of a conversation or in the forest or doing something and suddenly they have these experiences and they can't integrate them and they don't even mm -hmm. know what it is and what's happening to them. They think they're going crazy. I mean, a hundred years ago, people like that ended up in the mental hospital because our society did not have a place for that. You know, mm -hmm. when when you suddenly were talking about angels and demons and all kinds of things, so they, they brought you to the priest so you can get, get, <laughs> get an exorcist. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's exactly the thing, because people didn't know where to put it. And I think mm -hmm. this is this amazing thing where we're at today. People have a reference for it. People know how to integrate these experiences. And that's why also things like mushrooms and ayahuasca and all these things have gained so much uh, you know like so many people following them and trying it out because it is just not that crazy thing anymore how it was 30 40 years ago hmm. so you said that 
when you're that blissful state, when the DMT is, you know, activating your brain, those are the beginning stages of the Kundalini awakening? No, when, when you get a little bit of that, you know, mm. you were saying when you do some breath work and you get a little feeling of that. I mean, obviously, the, the, the highest stage you can achieve is where you can hold that stage and you can hold that feeling 24-7. And so wow. that's really the the place where you're aiming to go to. And that's many people who have walked this world before us have gotten there. You know, I would say people like Jesus and Buddha and, you know, all these enlightened beings who've walked this planet with us had an experience like that, where they were just, there was no separation anymore between source energy and themselves. And it was just mm -hmm. all one. And so they could teach from love and they could uplift those around them. And unfortunately, then we turned it into religions afterwards. So it goes so well. <laughs> but honestly, that sounds beautiful because, you know, even when I have my mushroom experiences and I feel so blissful and I'm like, just, uh, you know, dissociating from my ego and I know everything's going to be fine. I'm super calm. And then when you're, you know, pulled back into this crazy life and your brain is making all this noise and you just wish you could just be in that state all the time, I feel yeah. like. That would be amazing because there's no reason for our brain to generate this much noise all the time. Like yeah. we're not supposed to be stressing out about 300 things, you know? Yeah, totally. And and that's the beautiful thing about the Kundalini experience. It it gradually gets you closer to that feeling, mm. you know, through there's little spikes in here and there, but it's a gradual increase because you work on yourself. And you work on yourself through your daily practice. You know, mm -hmm. it might not get you there as quick as mushrooms or ayahuasca. It was certainly not. But it will get you there in a slow and sustainable way. And so then when you look back 10 years later, you can say, oh, my God, you know, I am that much more calm. Mm -hmm. I am that much more centered. You know, I just wrote this little story for Instagram yesterday. I had lost my dog, right? And mm. we were in the forest looking for the dog and I was all worried about it. And then ultimately, my friend goes like, why are you not more freaked out? I'm more freaked out than you and it's not even my dog. <laughs> and I said, yeah. because look, it, it doesn't serve me to freak out. Mm -hmm. That's, it's, you know, if it would serve me to freak out, let's all freak out together and find the dog faster. But it's the opposite of from what I need. I need a calm mind. We need to keep looking. We need to like, check all the bases and then we need to trust the universe because there's nothing we can do which will help us otherwise yes i love that because i've noticed the more i trust the universe when things don't work out when you know you're supposed to be worried in that situation when you just calm down and know everything's going to come to you it always works out like the right thing will come in its place, something even better, you know, <laughs> it, exactly. it just, I, I couldn't even think about how good this could be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's, it sounds like an investment to make towards your future, to yeah. have a, to have a happier future, because as great as, you know, plant medicine is, it's like a shortcut that just gets you there, but you have to put all that work into the integration part to, you know, just know how to be in that more peaceful state of mind. But even without it, being able to harness your own energy and know your own superpower of being able to do this and, you know, develop it, I feel like that is top tier. <laughs> that 
that is an exactly. amazing, you know, homework. <laughs> yes. So yeah, what... and it, it works. That's the coolest thing about it. If, if you practice the kriyas and you practice the meditations and you're diligent about it, you will get the effects. There is no, mm -hmm. there's no one who has practiced and then walks away is like, oh, it doesn't work for me. Maybe it works for those guys, but it doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. That's how powerful it is. Wow. So how does one work up to this? Like, what are the elements of Kundalini yoga? Are there different positions, meditation? What is included? I mean, one way which really help, helps you to get in quicker and get a deeper effect right off the bat is if you start cleaning up your life. You know, mm -hmm. if you do Donald's and Coca-Cola, it's going to be harder for your chakras to naturally realign than have a strict vegetarian diet and you know exactly you know you drink enough water you never touch alcohol you don't smoke cigarettes right it just makes it easier and i think one of the big misunderstandings and for me i like wine too much i like my cigarette too much <laughs> i like my joint too much but it's not about that it's about like hey you want to smoke eight joints a day be stoned the entire day and then said i'm too lazy to practice kundalini yoga or do you want to practice kundalini yoga an hour every day going around is not going to make a difference but you know like it's a different approach you from one side you're approaching this oh my god someone is trying to take my my, my glass of wine away from me but on the other hand you're saying like you know i want to practice i want to establish this practice in my life and I noticed that I cannot wake up at six in the morning to practice a yoga kriya because that those two glasses of wine I had last night are preventing me from doing so. I had a great mm -hmm. time last night, but then you need to make a choice. You just need, and again, it's not about that drinking the wine is bad. And I think that's what so many people have backwards. They're saying, oh, you can never drink, you can never smoke, or demonic worship stuff, you know, and they're like, <laughs> <laughs> has nothing to do with it yeah that has to do with how you use it mm -hmm. definitely and I feel like when we tell ourselves that we can't have something that makes us just want it so much more like being able to you know even dial down a substance can be pretty hard when you're used to it all the time your body's just like no like why are you trying to take this away from me but being able to like not be dependent on things is so liberating and being able to trust yourself like that to control your body and know that you actually don't need it. And that is just for, you know, having a good time here and there. I feel like that immediately changes your habits and gets you towards the right path. Um, but yeah, cleaning up your life. Yeah, very much. Yes, that is the first step. Yeah, so maybe just to to do a little detour here before we come to step two, addiction is such a big theme for so many of us, you know, mm -hmm. being addicted to alcohol, to cigarettes, to sugar, to whatever, you know, like people have all kinds of addictions. And our society has taught us to see addiction as a bad thing. 
saying, oh, you're addicted to your phone. You're addicted to cigarettes. You, that's a bad thing and you should stop. You know, I love the way Gabo Mate explains it. He goes into it and he just says, look, instead of asking why addiction is bad for you, the first thing you should ask someone who's addicted is why addiction is good for them. Mm-hmm. And what does addiction give you? What does it give you when you smoke 40 cigarettes a day? And then it comes down to people saying, oh, it gives me that safe space. It gives me that five-minute timeout. It gives me that internal time to reflect on myself. It gives me that little kick of focus. It gives, you know, like the list gets so long. And then you can break it down and you can say, okay, why do you need that? Where's the trauma? Where's the issue which, where you can't get this from somewhere else and you need to resort to something that you know is unhealthy for your body. You know, you can talk to any smoker. I smoked for 10 years, so I have a, I have a good background in it. You know, like you can, they know it's bad for them, mm-hmm. but they still do it because the emotional healing they get from each cigarette is more profound than the 10 years, 20 years out physical damage from smoking all those cigarettes. So yeah. then you have a way in. Now you can talk to them about saying like, okay, can we work on that? Can we find new and healthy habits to give you that same safety and that same space and that same healing? And then guess what happens? Then they start only smoking 30 cigarettes. Then it's only 20. And then at some point, they're just like, hey, it's such a shitty habit. I'm just going to get some patches and get over it in two weeks. And they're done. Mm. Right? Because yeah. the real reason is addressed. And then the smoking is just superficial, which can drop out. Yeah. I mean, I had my own nicotine addiction for a little bit too. <laughs> um, and I, when I wrote out my pros and cons list, and I really faced the facts and I realized that it was just mostly cons. I mean, I'm sure people can <laughs> like as fun as it is, it's, it becomes like a crutch comes a staple and you're just like, all right, now my, my whole brain is rewired to think that this is like lowering my anxiety, but in reality it's doing the absolute opposite because you're just getting more anxiety from wanting more of it. <laughs> So yeah, yeah totally. definitely writing out that stuff and actually facing what is the reality of the situation really changes so much because there are ways to to replace it and even our own breath even just working with your breath can give you so much like euphoria wow when i started doing breath work more i started decreasing my smoking you know i smoke weed um and i realized i'm not even gaining much from smoking weed anymore like i can literally gain it from myself like i literally have yeah. it inside of me why do i need to spend all this money to just burn things into my lungs <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah totally and then when you answer that question why do i spend this money to burn things and you get the real answer while you're doing it, you're like, shit, now you have to face that real answer. And the joint is not going to make that go away. You know, maybe going to therapy will make that go away. Maybe some real serious, you know, focusing on yourself or some journaling or some internal work will make that go away. Just to recognize that the joint will just cover it up, but it will not make it go away. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's fair enough too. If you need something to cover it up, do it right alcohol is amazing for cover things up 
Right. That's why it's the number one drug in the world people are addicted to because it works so well and so many people hate what they live every day and they need the alcohol to cover it up. And if you talk to someone like that about stopping to drink alcohol, they think you're insane. They're like, mm-hmm. this is the three hours of my day where I feel truly alive and like a human being. The rest, I'm a slave to my boss. I'm a slave to the money. I'm a slave to my mortgage. I'm a slave to whatever it is, right? But mm-hmm. here I feel by myself. So who would I be telling that person to stop drinking his six beers every evening? Mm. But that's a whole different story, right? That's yeah. where the life coaching comes in, where we start breaking things down saying like, maybe you should think about how you want to recalibrate your life. Yeah. Damn. Okay. So we got this so first questions. step down. Yes. There's so many areas you can go into. <laughs> so, so step two. Yes. After you've done step one. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we got a little time delay. Oh, yes. Step two. Step two. So now that you have that that basic clear, you know, you sleep well, you eat well, you you took the alcohol out, you're not smoking that many cigarettes anymore because you realize it's not useful anyway. Now you're much clearer. The more clear you are, the easier it is for these practices to take effect because your chakras are more in alignment naturally you know like when you don't do anything to your body and you don't mess it up and you work out on the field or in the forest and you go out a lot your chakras align automatically in a healthy way Mm -hmm. you know you don't need all that crazy extra stuff but most of us don't you know we sit for 12 hours a day on the computer or look at our phones or sit in the apartment don't go outside whatever the list is so long right we don't have to go into that but now when, you, when you're more clear and you start a practice and you commit to something and you say, okay, I found this one Kriya, this one yoga set, Kriya just means yoga set, to practice every day. And it has eight exercises and six are easy, I can do and super easy and two are challenging. And so I'll get better at those two and I practice this and I commit to a time frame. Good time frame, I would say is 40 days. You say, I commit to do this every day for 40 days. And that's it. That's really all you have to do. You do not have to have any expectations. You do not have to wait for the crazy enlightenment experience, whatever, you know. You just go into that and you then you start journaling with that and you write down what changes. Mm. And then something really interesting happens. You look back and you look back 40 days and say, oh my God, I can't believe how practicing this one Kriya for 35 minutes every day has impacted my life. Now I'm interested. Now I Mm -hmm. want to know more. Now I might be interested in practicing some meditation after I do my yoga career and sit down for another 10, 15 minutes and practice going deep in meditation and connecting with source, connecting with my being, connecting with my different chakras, connecting with the flow of energy into every aspect of my being. And now suddenly... This goes together. Now suddenly your practice is like an hour practice and you make that a priority. It's like when you have to get up at seven to be out of the house by eight to be at work, you now suddenly say like, I want to get up at six. And it's not getting up at six because someone tells you to get up at six. It's because you say, I want this in my life. I want this as a priority. I rather go to sleep at 1030 at night than watch another movie till midnight because I know 
I'm going to be nice and rested for my six o'clock wake up so I can do my meditation, my yoga, which I want to do because mm -hmm. I feel so different when I do it. And I like myself so much better when I do it. And so this is step two, you know, where you, you become the practitioner, you are just committed, you're just following through, you do it every single day. And then comes step three, which is suddenly when things start to align, and suddenly where you can go off the beaten path, and you can do your own things, and you can experiment, and you can think do things differently. And that's when the Kundalini Yoga, you know, enlightenment experience comes in. Because now, you know, you get inspired to go to a course and sit for 12 hours and meditate. And suddenly you're, you're having experiences which you would have never had otherwise. And that's really, you know, which be my one, two, three steps for Kundalini Yoga. Hmm. So you said a Kriya is a yoga set. Are these like different yeah. positions you put yourself in? Or is it like one specific position? No, it's different positions and they're combined and designed by someone who had a really good understanding on how the energetics of these different positions are working together. Mm. You know, so you might have stuff like holding your arms up in a very specific 60 degree angle, or you have another one where you do some breath with some movement, or you do some spinal flex, or you do some cat cow, or you do some things which um, stimulate your stomach muscles. And it's, it's a oh. very interesting way, and it's very simple. I mean, it's great to have a teacher and go to a class, but honestly, it's really something you can do with a Zoom class. It's something you can do with a PDF. It is that simple. Wow, nice. And then you just commit, like, how, how much time would you say to commit every morning or every day that you have time to this practice? Well, honestly, I... Ideal would be an hour, but mm -hmm. I understand a lot of people are busy. So second as ideal is half an hour. And if you don't have half an hour, you can get an effect in 11 minutes. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. So you align yourself with the energy in these positions. And then eventually it like slowly works up, right? Like, so what does this do to your chakras, this energy alignment? Well, your chakras are very similar to how the rest of your body works, right? Your body knows how to operate. Mm -hmm. Your heart knows how to pump blood. Your lungs know how to synthesize oxygen and, you know, move things around. Your liver know, knows how to create proteins. Every aspect of your body knows how to do things. You know, if you have a cut in your arm, it will heal by itself. You don't have to be like, oh, my God, I'm really going to have to spend an hour today <laughs> thinking about how my cut could heal well, right. right? So your body has the same ability with your chakras. Mm -hmm. So if you do not get in the way, guess what happens? Your chakras realign in perfect alignment and you're in full tune and your kundalini rises by itself. Mm -hmm. But we do get in the way. So that's why kids who are five, six years old are so much better off than us adults who have all these ideas and neuroses and misconceptions and all this stuff which brings us out of alignment. Mm. And so it's really to, you know, again, funny enough, like it says in the Bible, in the Bible is, you know, you have to become like kids again. That's what that means is to just forget about all these worries and all these man-made 
things we stick on top of ourselves and we take in and we integrate and just allow nature to recalibrate you. Mm -hmm. That's how plant medicine works. You take something, it recalibrates you in a matter of minutes and you're going like, oh my God, I can feel amazing. This body can feel amazing. Yeah. But then you go back out of it and then you suddenly start worrying about your relationship, about your work, about the money, about your childhood trauma. And then you're right away when, oh, you know, like all everything out of alignment Mm -hmm. because it just goes out of alignment as quickly as it can go back into alignment. Right. And talking about plant medicine, there was a experience I had where I literally felt like my chakras were getting opened Mm -hmm. um, while I was in that state. Like I felt like my heart and my my crown, this is your crown, right? Chakras were getting open and just like stimulated with all this energy and it was such an incredible feeling like I was getting hugged by like the spirit of the mushroom just like yeah yeah prepping me so when you have this kundalini awakening do you feel your chakras like opening or you feel energy there like I know what you said it rises up um from- I had a couple of experiences um the most profound I had ever was I mean, was was so big that it's hard to put it into words, you know, mm. where you're trying to talk about it and you go like, eh, eh, yeah, because eh, you, know? <laughs> you just don't have the words to explain it. What I realized is my body, my physical body changed in that moment. Oh. You know, like normally when you when you're able to you know, depending on your flexibility, I'm not super flexible. So I can barely touch my toes, you know, when I stretch out my arms. And, and so my face is about this far, like a foot away from my knees when I when I stretch into it. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, my head went in between my legs, full, I could fold fully down, I could have gone further around coming out the other side, there was no pressure, I was completely relaxed in every tendon, in every muscle. And that's when I realized flexibility has nothing to do with how much you practice. Sure, you can fake it into, through a lot of practice, you can become more flexible. But the reason we are blocked is up here in our heads. It has nothing to do with saying, oh, now I do 20 years of Ashtanga yoga and now I can do all these crazy postures. That just helps you to become a little bit more flexible up here. But honestly, the experience I had in that moment, I felt so connected. I was like, oh, my God, if I could die right now, I would be elevated, done. Mm. I had everything. I was like, oh, I never have to do any practice again. I'm I'm walking on clouds perfectly, everything in perfect colors. Every person I interacted was kind and sweet, and I didn't have any issues. And then Mm. two hours later, I was right back to normal. Mm. <laughs> and I was like, dang, seriously? No. <laughs> no. That's the worst. It's like when you're, you know, in that higher state of consciousness, even just on with plant medicine, and then it comes down and you're like, no. Like I was in such a euphoric, like calm state. Uh, you just want it to last for so long. So when you have that, like, for example, you had that experience, you said you have to keep activating it, right? To be able to have more experiences like that and you said you can eventually get to the point where you're at that level all the time that's the the goal 
Wow. Because what I have experienced is that through my practice now over the 30 years, I have come to a level where I'm definitely much more calm than I was 30 years ago. So I'm I'm closer to that. I'm not there, but I am just much closer. And it helps me in so many interactions. It helps me in interactions with my teenage children. It helps me in my business. It helps me with my clients. It helps me in so many different levels where I can just say like, oh my God, you know, it's so much better to be in this state. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit like you're on a, constantly on a microdose level <laughs> that's nice <laughs> so are there other like physical health benefits to kundalini yoga yes a lot and again the same thing what happens is your chakras realign by realigning all the different organs that are connected to each chakra automatically realign go into a natural healing process. So, you know, I wouldn't go as far and saying Kundalini yoga can heal anything, but I would go as far to say an aligned human body with the chakras in alignment and your Kundalini energy rising can heal anything because ultimately that is the state our human body is built to perform in. And there's many other ways which are not Kundalini Yoga, which can get you there. But if you can hold that in a consistent way and you can hold your chakras operating in that healthy, consistent way, that's what you can get. I need to start doing this like today. <laughs> this sounds it sounds amazing. Like uh, you know, I'm always looking for new practices to start. And you know, ever since you know I found you and I started looking into this, I was like, you know. I other yoga is great but this seems like this will bring me some great outcomes and this is a amazing investment I want to put towards myself to be able to have you know a clearer and calmer state of mind because that is the ultimate goal to be able to just be at peace with you know things that happen to you and always centering yourself and having yourself no matter what happens that itself is a superpower <laughs> yes yeah, so oh yeah Big time. Yeah. So thank you so much for educating my audience and all of this today. Please tell them where they can find you, where they can get some coaching and you're, you know, on the internet, anything, let them know. Yeah. Um, three places I would say is one, of course, my website, which is coachingnow.info. Maybe you can put the links in the, in the show notes after. Mm -hmm. So it's easy for people to find. Then the second one, which is kind of my passion project, is the TikTok channel. Yeah. I love being on TikTok. It's <laughs> so much fun. Oh, my God. I would have never thought. And it also got me over that hump to be on camera and to just record things and put stuff out there. And so I'm having a ton of fun with that. So I put something new out every day on TikTok. And then the third is that I don't know when you're going to release this episode, but in beginning of April, I have this five-day introduction to Kundalini Yoga and meditation. And I put this course together just because I got so many questions from people that I, you know, now that I'm I'm more out on social media, they're like, okay, where can I learn this stuff? I was like, okay, I, I'll, I have a course for you. <laughs> so this is happening in April. It's going to be over Zoom and it's going to be an hour for five days. And for those people who can't attend live, there's recordings available. 
And so that I'm excited about because that's something new. Awesome. That sounds amazing. I'm definitely going to post this tomorrow <laughs> and I make sure awesome. Awesome. people people know about your you know recordings and everything. I definitely want to look into that. <laughs> awesome. Well, yes, I'll link all your stuff in the show notes. Guys, go check it out. And thank you so much again for taking the time to be here today. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I hope we get to do it again someday. Yes. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.